You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch battle research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won the battle. Well, good luck! Target is in, target is Never miss communication. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places on the internet. I am Kean, and with me this week is Kev. Yes, if you, I'm not sure if the lag will be recorded, but that, at my end that was Kev. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've got I'm, I'd like if if the audio gets that corrupted, we can play it off that I'm. I'm I'm working on some sort of T-Pain routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a which, little hyphen in there. Hold, which, hold the phone. There, T-Pain's got a soul album out right now, and he's been hiding pipes under that auto-tune. Oh, you know, my they, goodness. Uh, he does, like, it's like a soul-funk version of Black Sabbath's War Pigs that just rules. <laughs> Holy moly. Has he been, like, a secret genius this whole time? I think so. I Like, that's... Not to say I've ever disliked T-Pain. He's yeah. always kind of just been a nothing factor to me. But it turns out he's really talented. What are we going to find out about Little John next? <laughs> hey, hey, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out here advocating for Little John. Everything, that man is Midas. Oh, turns, he's great. Turns to gold. Shots would have been nothing without him. Turned down for what is Anthem of the Century. I know, but will we find out that he's like got other notes he can sing quietly? Maybe, but like what I what I want is to throw him onto like a like a hardcore gent song, something with like drop a chunky guitars and just his growl. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure there's an app where you can put like his catchphrases onto existing songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> At home, please record these. So you can add them to like, yeah, you can, I don't yeah, know, you can... Taylor Swift songs, the more <laughs> soulful Beatles ones, yeah, you Pink can, Floyd, uh, you, David you Bowie, can, whatever. You can hire me uh, for a birthday parties for a uh, for, uh, little John impression. Yeah. I promise it's definitely not insensitive. <laughs> There's a star man waiting in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he'll blow our minds. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. T T minus two minutes. We've <laughs> we don't need Dara to throw this off the rails. <laughs> just Dara, if you're editing, just put in random like little John catchphrases throughout <laughs> our discussions. 
just to animate them. See, that's it's 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 very um affirmative. Like that's if you if you really want to punctuate a statement, just throw a yeah in there. Like yeah. it's it's like being filmed in front of a live studio, little John. <laughs> yeah, space, the final frontier. What? I mean, hey, listen, Voyager had Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine on. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Strange New Worlds to throw Little John in there somewhere. Oh, that's true. That's true. Which is as good a segue as any. Uh, we've got lots of Star Trek news. And actually, you just told me news that I wasn't aware of uh, minutes before we recorded. So why don't you yeah. take the lead on this? Yeah, we'll start with the heavy stuff. Uh, because where a lot of this is going to be our thoughts on things, uh, we have breaking news over the week. In that Paramount Plus is now pulling the same shenanigans that all the rest of the streaming services are in erasing shows from the fabric of existence um so the full list i have right here now are shows called fantasy football the game a jillian maxwell documentary uh an aim schumer show queen of the universe snow day uh but the big ones are one of their originals called greece rise of the pink ladies which i think was very popular on tiktok i've heard um, of that yeah and Kean's beloved Star Trek prodigy. No, uh, the 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 chill the car the kids cartoon no. Star Trek. Uh, axed as far as I believe, it's season two. Axed completely cancelled, and the well, show this is, is the peculiar thing because they're apparently they're still making season two because it's already near enough done. I they're finishing don't. it. They're just not putting it on Paramount for some reason, they and also think... taking away season one. I think they're trying yeah. to hope that. You know, like the way Picard ended up on Prime Video, they're just gonna try and sell it somewhere else or something. They, yeah, they might syndicate it like on the on network TV. Yeah, because like it was, it did have a joint joint deal with Nickelodeon as well, which could muddy the waters a bit. But yeah, well, no, so, it like Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon is Paramount. That is the same company. I did not know that. Yeah, no, Nickelodeon, uh, Paramount's the parent company. <laughs> that's why. That's why Paramount Plus has all the Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. Oh, so that yeah. means Hey Arnold's on there, does it? Uh, I think so. Nearly so. Ooh, I've got yeah. my night sorted then. Lovely. Uh, but yeah, like that's it's it's a running trend now. Obviously, HBO Max was the big one in purging pretty much all of its animated series. Mm. Um, Disney have Disney have already removed a bunch of stuff. Like they, the Willow show gone. That was only out for less than a year. Vanished. Um. Yeah, that now, was very peculiar because, like, I mean. It's it was one of their big centerpiece hype things, wasn't it? They put a lot of advertising into it, and like that's yeah. like there's not they 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 they'll claim that it's to free up the slate, quote unquote. That makes no sense. They have they own the server blocks. They can't oh. be wanting for that much space. The big theory is that they just it didn't they it, they weren't the breakout successes they hoped, and they don't want to pay the residuals to the crew that worked on them. That's that's the theory. Um, and I mean, considering the landscape that we're in, uh, with obviously the Writers Guild of America is mm. still on strike. We talked about that story about a month ago. That's still ongoing. And there is murmurs, there's big rumors yet to be confirmed that the Actors Guild of America now are, they have voted in favor of a strike. Right. But have yet to take strike actions. But start of July, things are, action is looking to be taken. So like that's, this is all kind of brewing into a the companies are holding their fists tight and the workers are walking it. 
So this is what this says to me is now there's going to be like an arms race to see who can develop either script writing AI or actor generating AI because they're both they both exist in kind of funky stages well i mean no, not script... entirely convincing at the moment well script writing ai is there chat gpt can make a script quality be do quality is dubious but they can, can they it. can put words in the right order but they, they can't all... they can't make a good script yeah but that's all the companies are looking for right now because they don't want because they can't pay their writers or don't want to should should i say um so yeah that's it it, it really is like it is it is a standoff now. Mm. Uh, and like that's, you know, it obviously uh, the workers are, the workers are suffering from it, but it's also now leading to bad consumer products. <laughs> in in what respects? Like, well, I mean, shows people like are vanishing from, are vanishing from existence. Oh, in that sense. I don't mean the writing sense. Yeah. Uh, well, that too, you know, uh, we've still yet to really see the, the mm. results of this. Um, but we are going like over the next year, we're going to see things that would have been beloved properties that are going to be terrible. Mm. It's funny actually because it's kind of like we're going back to like the 1960s where things were where you know you recorded on these discs that were like you know the size of a table and. It basically, they had to be taped over. So loads of Doctor Who's and I Love Lucy's and famous newscasts are just gone. It's bizarre in this information age that we are now coming full circle back to where that started. Like, Well, I mean, we do have one avenue now that we didn't have in the 60s, or at least was not nearly as easy as it was in the 60s, as piracy. Like... Well, all, I mean, like, this... like in the sixties, they did just record things using microphones and telesnaps and stuff. That's what I'm saying. I'm not so, saying like it we wasn't... are. It, there are there are similarities. Like, yeah, I'm not saying obviously the sixties didn't have pirates. Of course they did. Uh, but it's obviously much easier now, and anybody with any sort of know how on how the internet works can still find these series, just not through the dedicated streaming platform right. that created them, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, Star Trek Prodigy will still exist somewhere in the depths of a torrent website, but the company that made it won't acknowledge it anymore. Well, they're not even released them on DVD, do you think? Or probably not. Like that's a lot of streaming services don't go for physical media anymore because what's the cost property like? It will cost it would cost them more to make a Blu-ray. No, but like with a specialty thing like Star Trek, like people buy these things and put them on their shelves and get actors to sign them and have special editions like that's a lucrative market in and of itself even accounting for streaming you know but that's yeah no and like that's yeah no to a logical person yes that makes sense to a business person in a chrome office hmm. the big if it they'll sell is just not enough for them um, okay and that's that's a shame and so yeah no that's we're we're in for a rocky old uh for a rocky old world of of media consumption over the next over the next year or so, uh, but let's I think enough of the doom and gloom. Let's talk about the shows that we actually do have and at least I, see. Have, I feel have, I feel have, bad have talking about strange new worlds now because I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> well, I mean, strange new worlds is obviously coming from a place of genuine dedication and love mm. because. Stranger Worlds is really good. Isn't it? I keep it's telling really people good. and they're like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. 
And no, it's like, it's great. Like, ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm up to date now as well. And I am blown away. It is, it is as classical Star Trek as anyone could ask for. Yeah. It's got a very nice, like, balance of like, the 60s feel without being too twee about it. It's still got modern writing sensibilities. It's just got the wonderment and sort of feeling of adventure. Yeah, that like that's, those early Star Treks had. It has the lightheartedness that things yes. like Picard and Discovery were lacking. And mm. like for better or worse, like I do like Discovery because it was going for that grounded uh golden era uh prestige sci-fi. Like that's it was that was what it was aiming for and it achieved that. Yeah. This is contrasting that now by having this fun adventurous mood where yes we can explore different planets and different cultures, but we can have an episode where Spock Freaky Fridays with his wife, <laughs> and it's a yes. delight. <laughs> yeah, and it's got like the characters are great, but it also it knows how to utilize them really well. If mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like just to go, because this is the, I'm glad you brought the Spock Freaky Friday thing up because it says a lot of things about Strange New Worlds. One, it is religiously faithful to the original show without being obnoxious about it. It is canon that Spock has a fiance in one episode and then she disappears forever for reasons of plot in a muck time. And they've committed to it as a full <laughs> character thing and made a love triangle out of it. But so you go back to your example there, like um, one of my favorite lines in Strange New Worlds is they Freaky Friday and uh, Pike comes in and the fiance speaking through Spock's body goes, I am sorry for the deception, Captain. I'm sure you could tell immediately from our wildly different behavior. It's like, but you're both Vulcans. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it was the I think it was the last episode with the courtroom drama. Yeah. <laughs> it was Spock and the Vulcan adjudicator sitting across from each other. And they were like, ha! I think it was Ortega was yeah. like, look at the big buddy buddy. I think they all so logical. And then Vengo was like, no, they hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> and he like he just like stands up from the table and he goes, I am sorry you had to see that outburst. <laughs> it's like Captain Holt from Brooklyn yeah. Nine Nine level. Like it's not all humor, but they know how to like get the best out of all the characters like Spock yeah. drinking blood wine with Klingons is hilarious like and that's uh, it and, like it, it, and it obviously isn't only Spock we're, no. we're using as a great example but the whole cast is a knockout of the park no is the pilot um, is it Ortega's is it Ortega yeah yeah Ortega's is just like funny in every single scene like, I mean you know. like, that's it's 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 Star Trek is good at having hot shot pilots yeah <laughs> so she's a knockout uh, Pike is obviously a great, just a a real suave, charming captain. Yeah, but he's also style. very retro. Like he rides horses, he cooks his own food, even though he yeah. doesn't need to. He's very much like they're not being like overly showy, but he is very much a throwback to the '60s type of hero. Yeah, and, and that stands in contrast to the other characters, and that's a very deliberate thing, you know. And like obviously, it's it's easy to. To say, yeah, they know the classical characters because, you know, you have a blueprint for a lot of them from the original series. Mm. But the original characters are also great. Yeah, um, but like even like Dr. Mbenga was like, I think he was only in like one episode of the original show. Oh, I didn't even know he was. turned him into I... a fully fleshed out character. Like, I thought he was an original. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's original in every, basically, in the sense that yeah. he was only like one blue shirt in one episode of the original show. Like, hmm. like he's he's been fleshed out a lot more here. Like, you know, yeah. same and with then, like Nurse Chapel was like 
everyone seems to forget Nurse Chapel was like part of the original crew for some reason. Yeah. And here she's kind of getting her due and they're, they're really diving into because there's always that attraction between um, her, and Spock. her and Spock, which for some reason history has just forgotten about. And in the newer films, they replaced with Ahura. Uh, so, like, it's nice to have that dynamic there. Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm struggling with the names of the characters, but the uh, blind Andorian engineer is oh, class. Hammer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but and then like I think like you know the probably the biggest the most prominent like original character is probably Lan um, Lan Noonien Singh who which... will be at Comic Con in August the Dublin Comic-Con. really yeah yeah, yeah. I did not know Chong, that yeah uh, but yeah like there's there's obviously a lot of intrigue throwing like you know throwing the name Noonien Singh Singh into something yeah you're gonna be there's gonna be questions asked that's it and then it's actually kind of a double bluff because we find out stuff about uh number one uh i i, I sorry i got still horror number one the una character yes played by rebecca romaine who's a much better actor than i think she gets credit for like mm. you know they've got all these layers to the characters and that means that when they throw a grenade in the room like the renaissance character episode like you know it's great crack because like they're such great characters. You can just have fun with it, you know? Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's taking such just wild swings with John. Like it's taking the episodic nature that like classical Star Trek has. And it's just going ham with it because you'll have, you know, a comedy episode, like the Freaky Friday one. You'll have like the big fantastical one where Mbenga gets caught up in his daughter's story. Mm. That, 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 uh, classic medieval one. Or then they'll just do alien. Yes. <laughs> Full horror alien with the Gorn. <laughs> That's exactly it. And like, um, it's funny. I remember seeing a meme ages ago during like the early episodes of Picard where it's like, you know, it's a SpongeBob template of Squidward putting flowers on a grave and the grave says fun filler episodes of Star Trek written on it. (laughs) And yeah, it's all here. And they're all the more memorable ones, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, am like that's I'm, I'm glad it is weekly. I'm enjoying as as is the as is kind of the running joke we've had the only people that have watched all the star trek are you me and my dad yeah well for a while it was just me and your dad let's yeah, be honest. I, I i i was slow <laughs> on the uptake so uh, it, it it is i i'm i'm glad of having that experience of you know seeing him the next day after that episode and be like breaking it down i just talk i was like oh you know they're really interesting i wonder what i wonder what they're gonna do next with obviously all of this information um I, I I am I am delighted by it. I think it it it, it is what I have wanted a new Star Trek to be since this Renaissance. Yeah. Off. Um, no, I, I can. Go on, sorry. Uh, no, I was just saying like I'm actually making my finally making my way through all of it. <laughs> well, that's just um, it, and like it's nice because actually just before I started recording, my wife uh, said it's lovely to see ads for Strange New Worlds on the side of buses in Dublin. Because for a long while, it felt like Star Trek was from, like, you know, whatever about its quality from Discovery to, like, you know, uh, Lower Decks and that kind of stuff. It just felt like it wasn't escaping a niche market. It felt like it was relying a lot on what people knew. So it's nice to actually see it get popular. And I'm sure Picard's third season, which was excellent, had no small part in breaking out of that. But it's still great to see. I've been on... I, I... have been approving of most of New Year's Star, but it's really nice to see people excited about it again. I get that same feeling when I see people excited about 
the new coming Doctor Who series. It's nice that it's not just in a little sub community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's nice having one of these kind of media revivals where I'm not already, where like there's been so much of it and I'm not already exhausted by it. Yeah. Like I am with Star Wars and Marvel. <laughs> so that's, yeah, like it, it's been a treat. And even when it's at its lowest, it's been a joy. Can we talk about Star Picard season two? I was wondering if that was your segue. Yeah. So holy hell. Just, just to put this in context. As you say, you've been kind of catching up. So you're making your way. You haven't seen the new the new season of Picard. You're I'm, I'm watching making, it fresh. I'm, yeah, I'm ticking season through two. season yeah. three, but I don't I won't say anything about it. Right. Because I'm still like I'm still there halfway. I'm I see what okay. they're doing. So far I'm 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 leaning positive on it. Oh. But season two is this weird just kind of bottle in and of itself of absolute confusion and confundation. Yeah, it's the how do we film in COVID season. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Doesn't yeah. it though? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, Cause... like, okay, we can't we can't have tight sets. I know. Let's let's film it in Hollywood where we live. Uh <laughs> let's oh, go well, around we can't, the we can't really go on locations. Okay, we're gonna fill it film it all in alleys standing two meters apart from each other oh uh whoopi goldberg maybe she doesn't want to get covid we'll recast her we'll just you sort of see it and you watch it and i like season two i actually like it better than season one but like you watch it and you kind of go what and then your brain goes oh and you work backwards through the decisions you know like that's it's it's there's so many things where i could see the ideas that they started with mm. And I could see them having decent ideas, but then not know uh, as like as you've just kind of cracked my brain open, either not being able to fully commit to it because of re restrictions mm. because of COVID, or just not knowing what to do with it. I think you know th the the overarching theme of Picard, see, like, is the legacy of Picard and the Next Generation crew. Yeah, I think that's an easy thing to kind of make a claim on. So the idea of bookending. Picard, which is kind of like in its entirety, the ending of this cruise story. Yeah. Bookending it with Q finalizing the trial that the entire next generation started with. That's as a concept. Solid. They can go anywhere with that. <laughs> and now he's just kind of dead. <laughs> uh yeah, getting thrown back to like 20 literally 2020 odd <laughs> LA. Yeah. Yeah, no, you said it. They just they had they had they had like the lot around the back to record and that was kind of it. I mean, like I I should say we're I, one I'll summarize in case anyone hasn't seen it or has forgotten it, which is forgivable. Um, basically, um, the second season of Picard it starts out normal Federation, and then there's a weird uh, a Borg queen attacks the ship all our main characters are on. Q zaps them into an alternate universe where everything's gone wrong. And then conveniently zaps them into 2020, like, L.A.? Is Hollywood in L.A.? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, or whatever. Uh, you know what Hollywood is. Um, so, and the rest of... Now, I thought when I first watched it, oh, cool. This is going to be a bit like Sliders. We'll spend two episodes here. Maybe we'll spend two episodes in King Arthur's Court. Maybe we'll go to it, like... Uh, but no, the whole season's there. Uh, yeah, because they throw you. Because, like, the one of the first, ep first few episodes, when they first get, like, zapped the ultimate dimension is alternate dimension contemporary Star Trek where mm -hmm. they're authoritarian, except it's not the Terran yeah, Empire. It's not the Mirror Universe because they already but, did that. 
Uh, but like Picard is a warmongering general. And yeah. honestly, like of, of the complaints I have, watching Patrick Stewart ham it up mm. as an authoritarian was fun. Yes, I, I would um, agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy that one just because I've seen a lot of Star Trek like fair. already. But when it like how many episodes you're five episodes in, are you? Uh, I'm finished season two. Oh, you're so finished. Like, OK, because there is a precedent in many ways to do 2020, uh, you know, contemporary Star Trek, because you've got the movie about the whales, which is my favorite. Oh, perfect. You've got, and they yeah. actually bring back the, the guy with the speaker boombox for that to reference that. <laughs> And you've also got like just the. Did you ever see the Deep Space Nine episode about the 2020 homelessness protests? No, no. Deep Space Nine is. I'm noticing in season three, Deep Space Nine is my one blind spot, and there's a lot of reference to yeah. it that I'm. Well, I'm basically, I'll get to one of its most famous episodes is they the the characters are for whatever reason sent back to the horrible past of the year 2020, and. Like, you know, they're all aghast at how there's homeless people on the city at streets and, you know, they're being rounded up into little shanty towns and all that kind of stuff. And basically Cisco ends up taking the place of this guy called Gabriel Bell, who was a famous protester who died and inspired society to become better. Inconveniently for us, but conveniently for Star Trek, society has kind of gone that way. So actually doing a Star Trek in 2020 in that setting, since we've lived down to the 90s expectations of ourselves, is quite clever. And they reference it a little bit, but they don't they don't commit to it, though. That's yeah, no, it doesn't really comment on. Yeah, it doesn't do anything with that. That that is that is kind of the problem, which is that with season two, because after six or seven episodes and obviously there is like a payoff. I like the the Doctor Song stuff, and I like the the Borg stuff, and all of the Paradigm stuff. You know the Doctor but, Song stuff. I didn't. I didn't because I didn't see. It really felt like just oh we oh we got Brent Spiner. What do we do with him? Doctor, yeah, like there was oh there was it. It felt like a haphazard link to the previous season with um oh I can't remember with her name. with the other Doctor Song. Yeah, and yeah. and the and the android Data's daughter. Yeah, well, there is there is a slight precedent set for it because in Enterprise, which is the prequel to the original show, mm. not to be confused with Strange New Worlds or Discovery, which are also prequels, earliest prequel. Anyway, uh, there is a story arc in Enterprise where a Doctor Sung has built some Khan clones out of their DNA. So setting that up here in the present, okay, yeah, joining the dots, I connected it to that. Like they're 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 very explicit about that. But I do yeah. get what you mean. It did fe- it did feel like we don't have enough ringers in this season. It also draft someone in like it also doesn't help that the last scene of his entire story is his whole works, his whole life's work has been wiped. His daughter leaves him. He's mm. at the lowest point. He opens a drawer and pulls out a classified document that just says Khan. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What? That's well, that's the bizarre thing that Star <laughs> Trek refuses to deal with, which is that are you aware that like in the original show, they it's part of their canon that there was World War Three happened in the 1990s and Khan came from that and then got booted into space. And now Star Trek has to kind of awkwardly ignore it 
even yeah. though it's the origin of their most famous character. Because, like, they go to the 1990s. Sarah Silverman is there. Like, and no one just, like, talks about it. And now we're 20 years out of the 90s. They're just kind of pretending. I wonder if they're cutting. Off I wonder screen. if they're trying to to wrap, because I, I'm noticing that between um, Strange New Worlds of Picard, there's been a lot of talk of the eugenics wars. and That happened in the 90s, yeah. Human alteration. I think they're kind of trying to just spin that all together in that there was like a lot of hullabaloo about kind of human genetics yeah. implementation. And they're kind of making that be the... Because obviously Khan would fully fill into that role. Yeah. Well, they did. Um, they, they in the first episode of Strange New Worlds, they do say it. They show, and I'm air quoting for audio, footage <laughs> of the the World War Three to kind of win over the aliens in the first. Yeah. So, like, it is still canon. It's just whenever we go near it, we just don't talk about it. It's, it's very, very strange. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like they do want to keep it, but they don't want to actually go there. It's very peculiar. Yeah. But this kind of gets at the heart of the the season two thing. I don't think it's bad. I I quite like the Picard family stuff, and it was nice. Like because season three doesn't have it, it was nice that uh, spoilers obviously Wesley Guinan and Q got a little send off because they're the missing ones from that season. You know, if you're taking it yeah. collectively, I don't know. I I I found it to be. A, cl- a very clumsy just meander of a season that oh look i had to review I would... it week to week and i had nothing to say <laughs> that like i would actually encourage people to watch if they're watching star trek because i was never bored yeah <laughs> like this this is a show that like kept kept me guessing i had no idea yeah. where it was gonna go it was just all i always found it bad <laughs> yeah like um, it's it's and it should be pointed out that season three ignores quite a lot of important things about season well, I mean, two. that's the thing is as well, like it 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 bookended itself. Mm. Um like the entire season takes place in a either alternate timeline or yeah. in the past. So it doesn't really and like the entire thing is getting it back to where the start of the season starts. So the yes. only thing it has to contend with is yeah, there's a Borg ship that hangs around that nebula that I guess it's just part of the Federation now, but we're, we could talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the hand-waving away thing is that the you've seen season three, have you? Uh, parts. I'm, I'm about halfway through. Okay. Like, there are, like, references to the Borg in season three, and they you can delineate those Borg references from the season two ref, but, like, it's it doesn't all flow together. I yeah. do feel like uh, both season one and two you could edit down into a decent film or two decent films, maybe. It's I, I don't understand why in the streaming age there is a mandate that they have to be 10 episodes long. I, I just, think... like, in the era where Stranger Things used to get dumped all at once, I don't see why you would need that structure because it definitely feels like there's lots of unnecessary padding, you know? Well, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's big cable companies that have kind of adopted streaming mm. they'll still have they'll still make shows how they think shows still have to be made and then just put that on a streaming platform um what was i gonna say uh, <laughs> fully lost my train of thought well there. i'll put it this way uh, you've seen no. card season one which of the first two do you think is the stronger one because i have had debates about this with my friends do you know i i 
it might just be that like it's, it's been a while since I've seen season one. Right. But I would nearly argue season one because season two is so fresh in my mind. Right. And there's so many holes to it. Okay. But it, 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 I'm not saying that as a as a as a as a emphatic approval of season one because I don't honestly remember a lot of it. Right. See, season one, I it could be like you know, the Man of Steel versus Batman v Superman thing, where yeah. with Picard season two, I was kind of more ready for it. But like with Picard, Picard series one actively bothered me in places. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, uh, my wife is still bothered about Itcheb. Like, I am annoyed about Hugh. Uh, like, and there's like the villains were mostly rubbish and like, they like loads of time was dedicated to Data Daughter and um, Romulan Man having Padme and Anakin type scenes and like yeah. I don't I don't I don't mind things being slow. I do mind when it wastes my time, and it did feel like no one knew what the important things were in season one so when you get to the finale there's so much to do and you're like why are we rushing now whereas with season two i thought it was paced right there was just too much of it you know what i mean yeah i think it's that like the only things that stand out for me for season one were the things i liked right and that's because i like i'm, I'm remembering it with rose tinted glasses because all the chaff is just gone from me. yes yeah um, yeah because like i'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty that... to like in season one it's just those really jump out at my brain yeah. So it's like, is a is a reaction better, even though it's negative? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I will also say I had like I I had a brainwave, and if I could just pitch something here, because yeah, of yeah. all the things, see, Picard season two, as I said, it introduced a lot of ideas that it did nothing with. Yeah. Uh, and of them, the one that I think I, the one I think I I, I feel like they're missing an opportunity on, and I don't mm. know how season three shakes out, and if they can still go back to it. Um, I would love because the one thing I can never I can't complain about in either of these seasons is uh seven and nine. Oh, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Ryan, what's Jerry Ryan, Jerry Ryan. Yeah, she killing it the entire time. Um, yeah, and, and the I, one who plays Raffi is great too. She's much better served by season three. Yeah, I, Michelle Hurd, I think is her name. I will say I was never I could not gel with pretty much any of the new cast. Right. And uh, none of them did anything for me. I, I liked all the Elfin characters. character, but they ditched him pretty quickly. Yeah, no, all of them f- seemed confused and kind of out of place. Yeah. And just didn't even gel with Picard. And mm. also, listen, Patrick Stewart's still doing well. Mm. He is very old. <laughs> Putting him next to a bunch of people who are significantly younger than him. It's just, it's a bad pace. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, uh, like, I think which this is, is part what... of my... Sorry, I'll, I, I'll yeah. cut across it very quickly. I'll let you go on. It's just, this is part of my issues with season one, which was I actually knew a lot of the actors already. Like, your one who plays Jurati is in loads of things. She's Scott Pilgrim. She's, like, played uh, Ella Fitzgerald. She's in Snowpiercer, uh, in Treatment. Like, loads of great stuff. She, she You can put her in anything, and it'll be good. Same for uh, Rios. He was in Heroes and Merlin and like he's one I've been waiting for ages. Michelle Hurd was in Daredevil series mm. two. Like, you know, these are all like actors who uh, even the Romulan guy from season one, like he's really good in other things. 
So like it's just especially with uh it's Alison Pill is Jurati. Yeah. It really bothers me that you've got these really good actors and it's like the writers can't decide what to do with them. Like like Wait. the big thing that jumps out at me is like in season one, like Jurati, like sorry, my microphone fell. Um Jurati um like kills her doctor boyfriend and then mm. in the next episode is like flirting with Rios and you're like take a minute show yeah not character take a minute like what do you want us to take and then they break up off screen in between like what is what is any of this achieving Rios is a character that I dialogue and let them be good yeah Rios is a character I could never get a handle on. They had but, no but that's what, what I mean though. Hand. When you know like, the actor's really good, you're like, come on. Oh no, that, that's a script writing problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Actually, the season two, I loved the Borg relationship with Jurati. I thought that was great, and I, I loved think they were singing at the party and all that. There was there was something there again. Ideas that were good. Yeah, that had that had potential, but I think just flumped the execution. But that's what I mean. And actually, um, there are good things they just don't focus on enough. Like, yeah, there is something very poetic about Jurati becoming, sorry, spoilers, whatever, uh, Jurati becoming a Borg queen and Picard having gone back to the first episode, essentially welcoming her into the Federation. Hmm. That's both with her and the Borg. That's a lot of closure hmm. that could be explored with that character. But you sort of miss it. Because there's so much going on. You because know? that's the last five minutes of that episode. Exactly. Yeah. You could make an episode out of, okay, Jurati's the Borg. We know the Borg are good. How can we emotionally and ethically wrestle with bring like, you know, you could make a season out of that. And it's yeah. just sort of like, oh, oh, it's 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 gone. Oh, it's hand waved. Like, yeah, no, season three. That's, what? That's sure. it. Like okay. it's it's fully hand waved that oh there's there's a yeah. small board community. We had to spend part three of the episodes Federation. with Rios on a bus with ice people, <laughs> but we yeah, can't spend they... time welcoming the Borg into the Federation. Apparently, yeah, they tried they tried to be Breaking Bad for a couple of episodes, yeah. but no, we're not going to be Star Trek. <laughs> do you remember? Uh... Do you remember when uh, Picard was stuck in his ho- own head, being grilled by the guy from Battlestar Galactica? Oh God, yeah, on the operating table. Uh, yeah no. actually that's another strength of season two i mean i don't think it needs to be 10 episodes but at very least the episodes were only as long as they need to be like half an hour 40 minutes there was yeah. like every episode of picard in season one was an hour long for no discernible reason just let just it be to... on the binge just let it be as long as it needs to be yeah anyway sorry we 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 spiraled off there anyway my my, this, this my closure my... for us this is therapy <laughs> my script pitch because <laughs> i think because Seasons one and two introduced the idea of Defenders Rangers and uh, seven and nine, which is a good sp- idea. Yeah, having splintered off, and I think it 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 presented an opportunity that uh, Star Trek really hasn't uh, divulged in mm. is Federation space from a non-Federation angle. I've been begging for this for ages. Tell me more. So, like literally, I I think I think you know uh, having a recognizable character, a fan favorite, and mm. Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Ryan, Ryan. I don't know why I keep getting that mixed up. Jerry Lewis is like a piano player, probably. <laughs> Jerry Ryan, I think like Jerry Ryan could easily lead yeah. a season on her own. Yeah, uh, I think she could absolutely hammer that in. So as I said, I don't, I haven't finished season three. I don't know how that shakes it because I know she's in Starfleet. Yeah, 
around the start of that. But I think a, a Jerry Ryan, like a seven of nine Fenris Ranger show where, you know, she just travels like among Federation space. Yeah, dealing... it's like the because... like, a, like a sheriff, like the Mandalorian yeah. or something. Yeah. And it means that we get to explore these cultures. The likes, even like, you know, the simple, even the basic ones like Klingons, Vulcans, Romulans. Uh, we get to explore all of them without the the diplomatic red tape that the Federation mandates. Yeah, there are two caveats to that, uh, which is one, Prodigy kind of does that a little bit. I'm not okay. sure if you've seen it yet, because I, I, I Prodigy, don't know if I will. <laughs> well, you never will now. Never Prodigy will is a bunch of kids from a Delta Quadrant who find a Starfleet ship and it's got like a holographic Janeway on it. And they've never heard of Starfleet. And she's teaching them how to do it, but they've kind of got their own perspectives. So it is it is ultimately them becoming Starfleet characters, but it is an outsider's perspective, at least. The only other thing, though, which is the reason we may never get uh, that wonderful idea you have. I'm not sure if it's still in effect. There used to be a thing called um, the Roddenberry Box. And I'm not sure if it's still in effect, but certainly back in the day, there was a list of things which Star Trek absolutely could not be. And if you look at the early seasons of Deep Space Nine, it is not called Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's just called Deep Space Nine. And that's so they can throw the box out <laughs> and do what they want. <laughs> I think I think the first season of Picard may have just been called Picard as well for that reason. So they can say, they avoid the mandate of, you have to have a ship. You have to have a Starfleet crew. You have to have this. You have to have that because the think, box does exist. Like, yeah, I think they if, if there is mandates like that, they've obviously been very loose on them with where the series have been going. Mm. Obviously, Discovery it would be stretching the limits of that now. Yeah, yeah, but um, like, look at say Star Trek Voyager, which is great mm. but quite traditional. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's Star Trek Voyager, whereas Deep Space Nine a lot of the time isn't. You know. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like... The, Even Enterprise the, isn't called Star Trek Enterprise for the first two seasons, like... Really? And that's quite faithful. Yeah, like, that's... It's one of these things I was... I I, I was uh, talking to somebody about. It's... Like, Deep Space Nine, it, it might be one of those Roddenberry Box things, but, like, Starfleet in that time was supposed to be seen as a utopia. That was yeah. Roddenberry's vision back in the 60s. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of interpersonal conflict on a societal scale was kind of supposed to be null and void. Yeah. And that's one of the premises that Deep Space Nine was built on because it was showing a small society in stasis. Mm. Well, that's because um, I've attended a few like Star Trek era things and that kind of stuff where we meet the actors and stuff. And uh, it, Michael Dorn at, at one of these things did say that one of his like early strong episodes was one in season three of the next generation where a kid, there's a kid, his mom dies and he goes to the holodeck to sort of work through his emotions. And this was an early episode by uh, his name escapes me, but the writer who goes on to write Balthazar Galactica and uh, basically the script was sent back and the Gene Roddenberry notes were by the such and such century, we won't have grief. I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> we don't have grief oh and we don't have arguments we don't have conflicts we don't have interpersonal and you kind of go well something has to happen eventually so they so if you watch it it's incredibly awkward that episode because 
instead of him going to the holodeck to deal with his feelings a weird alien entity comes onto the ship and possesses like the image of his mother so that it's not him explicit like you know it's that sort of like it's almost like dealing with bureaucracy you know the good idea has to go to three offices down the street before it gets to the page and the screen you know like it's uh, now whether that's still in effect, I don't know. I suspect it's probably been phased out, but you never know. It could be a situation where, like, you know, the Tolkien estate still exists and stuff. It could be, uh, there could be a Roddenberry estate that is still saying you got to have these things. I did see our Roddenberry name on the credits of the most recent Strange New Worlds episode. So oh, there yeah, could be no, something looked, there, you know? I think it, I think it's a Eugene Roddenberry, but I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know, know if, like, like you know how, grandson. like, you have to go to the estate of Sherlock Holmes to get signed yeah. off permission to do this, that, and the other. Like, some some kind of IPs are stricter than others, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, what's the, uh, oh, what's what's the, the Bond estate is, like, the Broccoli family? Oh, is that it? Yeah, like, and that's you have to you have to go to this old English family and be like, please, please, sir, let me do James Bond. Let me <laughs> let me make this man kiss a woman, and they will go, yes, absolutely. Now give me a billion dollars. That's yeah, 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 exactly. Now I should say that's all just cons- like that is all just anecdotes from the eighties. I could not say whether it applies to the present, but I have because Kev's idea is right. It is bizarre that in, that if we have five Star Trek shows ongoing and none of them are like non-Federation, that seems very peculiar to me. Like, I think I think it's just a missed opportunity. And yeah. Like it's again, it, it seems it seems like an unexplored avenue. And again, watching season two. What, it was watching a very talented actress just get squandered. Yes, yes. So is- I was like, just okay, give the give her more to do because she's killing it, except <laughs> she's killing nothing. <laughs> also, Jesus, again, they they very hand waved it away in season three. What there was no chemistry between her and Rafi. But this is what I mean. It's kind of like like I used to do a lot of theater. And, you know, in theater, you it's no one's got money. Everyone's got time. You've got a lot of freedom to just get some actors. Maybe like like the most successful play I had. I put it into a into a theater festival for the first 20 minutes. And then I wrote and developed the rest of it with the existing cast of that first 20 minutes. And you can try things. And that's all part of the fun, you know, but you can't do that on TV. In TV, you have to check if people have chemistry before you film it and write it and all that kind of stuff. You need to sort of check these things in like auditions and scripting and all this kind of stuff. You can't just like have things happen on the fly. Like I remember there's like, you can't have two people just kind of spend most of their time together in a season. Assume. Yeah. That's, that's the start of a relationship. Yeah. Except their entire time together has just been them abrasively griping at each other. That's just And then it. they kiss. Yes, I remember there's a line that I remember like laughing out loud at. It's I think it's the eighth episode of the first season. And they're doing their whole actually I like the episode in general. It's the episode where they're just like locked on the ship and they're sorting out all their issues before they go into the big finale. And Gerardi comes out of a room with Data's daughter and goes, It's okay. I've had all the bad bionics flushed out of my brain now. And you're like, <laughs> What? <laughs> What about like trauma and like 
emotional fallout and growth. And you can't. No, key, no, key, the future. She, she, you can't just fix. She just baby stuff. wiped it away. And the only reason they did that is so she can be funny and plucky in like the finale. And it's like, well, if you were always planning on doing that, why did you like? I, I, oh, <laughs> it's and I don't even hate these shows, but like the more you like pick at them, you're like kind of, well, well, why is there? Why was the evil Romulan sister eaten by Borg bugs and then came back without a scratch to be killed again by Seven of Nine in an action scene? Why? Why kill her in the first place? Why does uh, her shoot like, days were up? You know what it reminds me of? It's like in drama, we do like this thing where the story circle where like one person will go. One day, Tim went to the shop to get ice cream and then an edgy boy will go. But the ice cream shop was on fire. And then someone <laughs> will go. But it's OK because he had a fireproof pit like that's Picard. <laughs> no it's... one knows where it's going. <laughs> Everyone's Not even throwing the in their two cents. <laughs> It's you know what, especially with season two, it filmed it felt like they filmed bits for their show reels and then put a plot on it later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the party is fun but pointless, but it does give you that scene of Picard and his ancestor having a lovely, meaningful chat. You know what? Like, Until you said it, I forgot that exactly. Most, that or like you said, you said was about her. Was about like yeah. his ancestor. Like that, or, that's the plot point. <laughs> that's it. Or like you said, Breaking Bad. Like him being picked up by ice only to be rescued by Seven and Raffi is kind of pointless, but it gives you the scene where Rios gets to tell an ice guy off. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like they wrote Absolutely. their favorite bits they wanted and were like, or like, and then out of that, you also get my one of my favorite scenes, Seven and Raffi drive failing to drive a car in a police chase. So it's kind of like they had all these bits on the wall, which I know is kind of how TV's written anyway, but they had all these bits and were like, how does these all fit together? We'll figure it out later. You know, we'll, we'll cut it in post. <laughs> and then they never did. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's again, not the worst thing in the world, but you've got that caliber of actor and the music's gorgeous and it looks like a film. And you're kind of like, you know, Microsoft word is free. <laughs> not free but it's this it's the technological limitations are the same everywhere it should be the easiest thing to fix in and theory this, you know and this was at a point in time where they were allegedly paying their writers yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like and every every show seems written by four writers that's four grown-ups in a room <laughs> one of whom should say hang on what is go what is the story why why are we spending an episode with Guinan and Picard being interviewed by an FBI man we never met who saw an alien when he was a kid and were overcoming his trauma and then we'll never see him again. And they've just he spent the entire time bluffing that they're in a black site and they're just not. Yeah, <laughs> like like it's nice. It look again, it gives Patrick Stewart a chance to look into the camera and say some meaningful things, but like what does it do? Why is it here? I, That's not a problem yeah. for Strange New Worlds where every episode you can be like, oh no, um, one of the characters has turned into a crocodile and now you've got to deal with it for like 40 minutes. Hey, Kian, listen, season episode three hasn't come out yet. Don't, don't speculate. <laughs> maybe, maybe Nurse Chapel turns into a crocodile. We can't say. I mean, the Gorn are in it. Anything's yeah. possible. Uh, yeah, no, I'll... 
that's yeah. I, I as 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 much of a mess as season two was. I'm I'm enjoying season three, and it's def like as as much as anything else. I don't know if it's just that they're like good friends in real life, or mm. they're just great actors with great chemistry. Yeah, but it's just it's just a blast to see Patrick Stewart next to Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> they're great fun. I yeah. I don't want to give too much away, but like. The third season manages to find that balance between having every episode be complete and having, like, all your kind of big showy-offy moments. And, like, they release the characters into it very slowly, so they all get, like, a nice moment in the sun, you know? So it doesn't feel like anything's squandered. It's it's done really, really well. Yeah. Well, we are very quickly running out of time. Uh, I had so, so many things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, that's, Why we did never... you do this <laughs> <laughs> with gusto? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's 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 pretend we were always planning on just doing a full Star Trek episode. Okay. Well, how much time do we have left? Uh, a minute. <laughs> oh, in that case, we don't. We won't. Play. All right. So, uh, just out of curiosity, before we wrap, do you have a favorite show of the new wave of Star Trek things? Uh, it's probably it is probably Strange New World. Um, yeah. out out of all of them. It is the one that just kind of has grabbed me and made me giddy at the thought of watching Star Trek. Yes. As opposed to, as in, instead of just, oh, this is something I know and I'm enjoying it. Yes. Uh, all I think all of the rest of the Star Trek shows have done that to varying levels of effectiveness. <laughs> but this That's... is Strange New Worlds, the first one where I'm like, oh no, this is this is just really good. <laughs> I would agree with all those points, but I'd give those points to Lower Decks. Which I knew you show, were going to say. <laughs> which is a show I was incredibly nervous about. And I think it's quietly gotten stronger and stronger. And it's escaped its Rick and Mortyisms into a show that's genuinely moving at points and still quite funny and cinematic. So it's just that, like, and like you said, every time an episode comes out, I look forward to it. And when it's done, I actually go back and rewatch them over, which is something I don't do for a lot of shows. So, like, yeah, I think I like Strange New Worlds is like a runner up, close runner up, but Lower Decks is still my pick of the post there. I, 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 I'm on the, I, I flip it. New Lower Decks is very good and is actively building the Star Trek universe, mm. but it still feels like it's in the shadow of things like Voyager Next Generation. Well, whereas... look, I mean, I'm not sure how much are you aware of the Lower Decks overlap that's coming up in Strange New Worlds. No, <laughs> right. I will. I will let you discover that. We'll figure that as it arrives. Um, but as I said, uh, there's much and more. There's mm. there's more. Obviously, where Stranger World is actively airing, I'm still catching up on Picard season three. Uh, hopefully, uh, Discovery season five does not completely mess the bed with the writers. I, I, I. Well, I mean, unless that there's outside <laughs> interference, the last two seasons have been great. I, well, again, I, I have faith. They'll stick the landing, you know? If they have paid their writers, we might stick the landing. <laughs> that's that's the big concern right now. Yeah, but, but, they, but they've got Doug Jones. It's hard to go wrong with Doug Jones. Always much and more Star Trek, so this will not be the last time we talk about it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. This this is, hey Dara, in post, this is what happens when you leave me and Keen alone. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> call it a comeback <laughs> just you can say well, it's as, fine as as little john will uh will no doubt attest you can find us on our socials yeah 
Um, you can find us on uh, through our website, nerdsnomedia.com. You can find all of our socials through there, uh, including our Patreon. If you enjoy the show, you can tip us a few quid. Um, you can get us to, you can pay for, pay for us doing our little John impressions. And oh, oh we'll, we'll do more. We'll, we'll do quotes. I don't claim to be good. But message us in and I'll read it in the voice. <laughs> uh, catch us at any panel. We we typically do them. Um, we will scream little John quotes at you. Yeah. Um, you can find me over on Twitter at KevTalica94. Kean, anywhere the people, the good people can find you. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Kean uh, Or to be honest, if you want my nerdy stuff, though, because it's just cosplay photos up there. Uh, better place to look is Geek Ireland. I usually write things up there. Which, relatedly, you have been, you had been reviewing pretty much all of all the Star Trek movies up until recently. Yes, yes, that's right. And I've covered all the seasons of Picard and most of Discovery and that and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you if you want, like my thoughts in the form of like written down, well edited things, uh, because by Jesus, I need an editor, then that'd be the place to go. And, And Lord knows it ain't me. (laughs) Um, and you can find us back here uh, every week and we will see you again next week thank you for listening goodbye bye Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.